times in that passage we read? By the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. And so I'm just jumping straight into that and uh, going to talk about that. Um, a few thoughts out of this passage. So obviously there's more than what I'm saying. So, you know, you'll see things. Oh, that could, that could have been there. It could have been, uh, most probably. But we just got a few minutes here. And uh, by the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. I grew up in a church that taught being filled with the Holy Spirit as a distinct experience after coming to know Jesus Christ. It's called Pentecostal uh, by a theological marker. And, uh, and so I've never in my life had a time when I wasn't conscious of this idea of by the Holy Spirit. I'm still getting it. And I think one of the, the mysteries and one of the profound truths that, that's in the gospel is that it's by the Holy Spirit. He's more than a gift giver. It's by the Holy Spirit. If we were to uh, think of this in some context, and Jesus said to his disciples in John 20 and verse 21, 22, and he says there, uh, in a little story, he says simply this, receive the Holy Spirit. And he breathed on them. So he could have said this. He could have read like this. Receive the holy breath. And he breathed on them. He said to his disciples in Acts chapter 1, wait. Wait. In Jerusalem, don't move. It, it, it wasn't that they had to wait in Jerusalem because they weren't in Jerusalem. They had to wait in Jerusalem because that's where they were. So none of us have to go to Jerusalem to wait. Uh, wait. Hear what he's saying. Don't try to one thing as my follower right now. Wait. And the Holy Spirit, who is promised, will come. And when he comes, he, you, will, you will receive power to be my witnesses. You'll receive power to be like Christ, like I am, he's saying. What's he trying to get through to us, isn't it? It's like, there's not one thing you can do, disciples, without the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them. There's only two uh, places in the Bible where we have the particular uh, thought of breath coming into people like we have it in uh, John 20, 21, when it says Jesus breathed on them. And the other one is in Acts, uh, Acts. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, when, when uh, the Holy Spirit came down and he took some dust out of the earth and he formed that dust together and he created what looked like a person, a human body. And he breathed into that form that he created out of the dust that looked like a human body. And it became a living person. 
And we called him Adam. And the question is, how much did Adam help make Adam, Adam? Anyone got an answer? Zero. How much do I add to my salvation in Jesus Christ? How much do I add to becoming that new creation he talks about? How much do I make my mind a new mind? How much do I form all these wonderful fruit of the Spirit in me? The answer is zero. It's all by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. The breath of God. So we've got to allow that to sink in. And then we read on in that scripture, as you read it through it, and we found out this. Oh, we just jumped right to the end there. Somehow we got two, two, two slides. Uh, we read on in that scripture, and it tells us that our flesh, it, it um, resists, what do you put it? It's contrary, that's how it said. Oh, I've got to remember the right uh, passcode. There we go. It's contrary. There it goes. I'll read these out. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So by the Spirit. And, and, and that word, walk there, somebody means you're just walking through life. It's a, it's a general word. Verse 17. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. That's saying that I desire what is contrary to what the Spirit wants for me. And the Spirit wants things for me that I don't want. And I want to suggest to you, until I realize that, admit that, and embrace that as my reality, I will never fully be able to live by the Holy Spirit. There's a humility required, a humbleness required, that actually realizes... I can't do it. In fact, I work against it if I just go by me. It's, it's a strange thing, isn't it? It's, it's what, you know, we just know that, that something has broken within what God created humanity to be. And uh, it, it, we aren't made in the image of God, unfortunately, anymore. We're not after the nature of Adam before he sinned and broke relationship with God, where there was the image of God in its completion. We're after the nature of Adam after he did that, where the image of God was broken. It, there's, a, there's an echo of it. It's, here's a line where glorious ruins of original design Something is broken. Something is ruined within every person when it comes to what God saw and purposed us to be. It's, it's like there's a cross wiring, you know. You get three things wrong, and then the next time you do it, it's like the wire's crossed, and the wrong thing comes out of us, and what we want is contrary to the Spirit. Or it's like you've got something about, these are illustrations are always imperfect, by the way. You've got a broken axle on that go-kart, and you can, if you wrestle hard enough, you can hold it straight for a little bit, but then you get a bit tired and woof, it's, it's doing the thing you don't want it to do. You know what I'm saying? It, it, there's, a, there's something in the human nature that is contrary to what God is and what the Spirit wants, and it's, it happens. And if you don't think it's you, 
just line up scripture that you read if you read it. And if you don't read it, that could be part of the contrariness. Because the Holy Spirit loves to get us into the word that he wrote and inspired so that he can use it to do his work in our life. So if you have no inclination at all to read the, read the scripture, just say, that's part of how my flesh is not wanting what the Spirit wants for me. That's an example of it. And so we need to push back. Jesus said it himself, oh, you know, the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And then you do get to read it, and you read some parts that really go great against your thoughts of how life works and how everything goes, and now you've got a choice. Who's right? Who's telling the truth, the spirit of truth or me? See, I'm always contrary. There's this tension going on, and we see it worked out um, clearly in, in Peter, uh, in uh, Matthew 16. Oh, I see it there anyway. Uh, and so I use the Bible to illustrate it. So, so we know in Matthew 16, I think it's verse 17, Jesus asked this question of his disciples, who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are Jesus, the son of the living God. And it's like time stood still. There was a pause. Oh, I don't know what happened. But, but Jesus said this, blessed are you, Simon, son of, he wasn't Peter then, Simon, son of Barjonah, Because man did not tell you this, but God did. Peter, the Spirit of God said something in your heart, so you knew who I was. Not by might, not by power, not by human ability, but by the Spirit, Peter knew who Jesus was. So Jesus said some things about, you know, you were Simon, now you're Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and and there's things about binding and loosing, and these are neat things to study. And, and then he started to talk about, and I'm going to be taken out, and I'm going to suffer many things, and I'm going to be put on a cross, and I'm going to die, and on the third day I'm going to rise again. He starts telling his disciples who are starting to get this revelation that he's the Messiah about what God has, in, well, what's in store for him. And, and Peter, hang on a minute, Jesus, stop right there. I'm paraphrasing, and, you know, he just takes, you won't quite sound like that when you read it. Uh, it. This will never happen to you. What are we seeing? We're seeing his flesh acting contrary, against, resisting what the Spirit was saying through Jesus at that time. And I, I love that story. I love the, the picture of the revelation, hearing Spirit, and then resisting. Within the same few verses, because I think many of us live there. And the training of the Spirit is just to train us to, to listen more and react less. And when we do think our flesh is reacting, to pause before we speak out and, you know, and check up. Okay, this is what Jesus is saying according to Scripture. Well, yes it is. It's all in the Old Testament. Um, anyway. Isn't that an example of that? And then he goes on to say, was it verses 24, 5, and 6? Unless a man deny himself and take up his cross and follow me, he cannot be my disciple. And so we've got this, 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 this challenge before us. Are we clinging to something of ourselves more than we're clinging to Jesus? Are we clinging to some opinions we have or some feelings we have more than we're 
clinging to the Holy Spirit. Because there's a contrariness going on. Going on in the, uh, those who belong to Christ, crucify their flesh with its passions and desires and live by the Spirit. Those who, the last verse there we read, the, the, we came down to, verse 24. Now we'll talk about the sinful nature and the uh, flesh. They're pretty easy, eh? They're not there as attainments, achievements, or anything. They're describing. If you let your flesh lead, you're going to see some of these things come out. And most of us are disciplined enough that many of them don't, but discord, envy, factions, the like. They're all over the place. Just when you read discord, you read things like divorce. When you read you know, broken relationships, families that don't talk to each other anymore. I mean, it goes on and on. And uh, they're not things to avoid. He's not giving a list of things here. Here's some things I want you to, you know, make sure you avoid somehow as you maneuver. It's not like a, a maze. You've got to get through this tangle and avoid all these things. I think of it more like this. Here's a cluster. You imagine you're shooting a gun at a target over there on the wall, and there's a cluster there, and he's put all these fruit of this information in one cluster. And then, so here, here's what you want to do. Lift your aim. Focus your life on something else. Don't focus on avoiding them, but choose to focus on Jesus Christ. And see how he leads you to actually avoid these things. But when they show up, it's telling you, I've got to go back and see where am I following me and not living by the Holy Spirit? Where am I following my version of truth and not the version of truth the Holy Spirit is teaching me from the Scriptures of God? And when they show up in our life, they give us an indication to go back to the root of what we're doing and ask ourselves some questions about what am I doing with my faith? Then he gave us the fruit of the Spirit. And the key's in the fruit, isn't it? So I'm not going to, I preached a series on these years ago. It might be online somewhere still if you want to go and find them. One message on each fruit. So eight, nine weeks to get through the fruit of the Spirit. Today all we're going to say is, they're fruit. They're not attained. They're not achieved. They're not targets. They're not goals. They're not aimed for. They're fruit. If the target is Jesus, the fruit of Jesus grows. If the goal of my life is to live in a relationship with Jesus Christ, then the Holy Spirit is going to work what's in Jesus into me. And the fruit grows. So there we go. That's taking care of the fruit. So we've got this last little few verses I want to take a couple of minutes on. And I'm trying not to go too long this morning because I want us to do a little bit of that sharing in uh, groups as a regular part of what we do as we did last week. And just have it for you the chance to share with one another maybe the things that God's sort of speaking to you about as you feel comfortable and free doing that, but also to pray with each other. And uh, just in groups of three or four, so I want to fit that into the time scale uh, a little bit. Cause, and, and yeah, it's good. The last verses there, he says, and we're just looking here at Scripture. I've got to find it again. I'll read them. It says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. See, there's no battle here. I'm not fighting between my flesh and the Spirit and seeing who wins. 
Sometimes I feel a bit like that, but that's not what he's talking about. He's saying, admit your flesh needs to die. Flesh is who I am. As Paul Burton, born of mum and dad Burton, Phil and Beryl. I'm, I'm getting a bigger whakawhapa now. I can go back a couple of generations. First Burton, I've found out, was born in New Zealand in 1867. So we've been around a couple of generations in this land. But, you know, they come from somewhere up England around Nottingham Way. But anyway, that's not relevant right now. Except to say it's not relevant to me and God. doesn't matter who my family is. I've still got to know Jesus. That person, he says, is crucified of Christ with its passions and desires. I've started, uh, when I get a chance with young adults, saying, you know, you know, you don't follow your passions as a Christian. I said that to a young lady at Christmas last year. My, my uh, anyway, I don't say who it is. Someone might put two and two together. Um, I was going to link them into my family. but and, and she said, what do you mean? Aren't we supposed to follow our passions? She's a student at university. And... Uh, and I said, not in the gospel, you're not. And so we had a conversation. It went really well. But it was a brand new thought to her as someone who spent, grew up in a significant, well, in a, you know, seen as a good-sized, healthy church, seen as that she wasn't meant to follow her passions. Brand new thought. that the goal of life wasn't to achieve what you're passionate about. And this verse is repeated in the New Testament. If your passion is part of God's will for your life, you can trust Him. You can trust Him with it. If He wants it there, it'll be there in the Spirit. But if it's not, it won't. You get what I say, no, it's not that it, because I'm passionate about it, I lay it down and I can never have it. No, but it crucified. It's on an altar. It's, I put it aside. But God has the freedom to write it back in. I don't know why I stuck on that. Maybe someone needs, needs to realize, I don't follow my passions. I'm free. Just because I desire it, I don't have to have it. I'm free. I may be able to have it, but I don't have to have it. I'm free of those things. For me, this last week, I want to illustrate this idea of crucified, um, you know, this idea we give ourselves to the cross. There's a verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 11, and it says something like, uh, I die daily. So the life of Jesus, oh, there we go, they found it. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So we've got this verse here, that what we're meant to do with this clash, this contrariness between our mortal body's flesh desire, and, and that includes our soul, and the spirit, is crucify the flesh. And he says, I die daily. So it means you crucify your flesh over and over and over again. Why? So you can live by the spirit over and over and over Again, so, so here's how this worked for me this week. So that was part of my Bible reading on the reading plan I read, I think, Wednesday. And 
So I read that verse as part of the reading. I've preached on this verse before, so I didn't read it and think, oh, wow, I've never seen that verse before. But I read it and I thought, so, so Jesus, or Holy Spirit, today, where, would, where is something in my life, if I'm, uh, what's he say, we're always being given over to death, so what should I be giving over to death today? Is there something in me I should be giving over to death today? You get what I mean? Is there something going on in me right now that I need to give over to death so that Christ's life can shine in me? You get that? So as soon as I said that, I had the word thought, patience. And I knew that I'd be started to become impatient about something God was doing in my life. You're listening there. And so I choose at that moment, God, I, I trust the timing of things in my life to you. I'm going to be patient with things. So I give it over to death. So something of God can be revealed in this place. It could be, you know, every person here could actually sit there and do something like that. And the Holy Spirit will give you a different aspect, something going on in you to give over to death. Holding on to a grudge, holding on to some envy, gripped by the desire to have a particular thing, and you're driven to get it. Some men are like that, eh? They just got to get something. Uh, and uh, some women too. It's usually different things, because um, you know, and, and it's like it becomes a compulsion. You don't think you'll be happy till you get it. He said, "Give it over to death. Let Christ's life shine in you, not hanging on to something." As I said, it. it some of those things may still show up, but it'll come out of the walk in the Spirit, not me chasing after it. It's a very different thing. So here's, here's, the, here's the thing. See, this is by the Holy Spirit. And by the Holy Spirit, he says, is a life that's crucified in Christ. So as a believer, I do one thing. I look to know Jesus. I'm not trying to be fruitful. I'm not trying to avoid sin. Listen, I'm not trying to be fruitful. I'm not trying to avoid sin. I want to know Jesus. And the Holy Spirit has come that I can know Jesus in every moment of every day. I want to put aside what isn't Jesus so I can know Jesus. So I can stay in fellowship with him. So who he is can continue to be growing in who I am. That's what the Holy Spirit has come to do. Out of that will come some ministry. But I'm not here to try and be a minister. I'm here to know Jesus. God gives prophecies about things. But, but I don't focus on prophecies. I just focus on Jesus, if it's of God, he'll bring it about. And I remember, oh, yeah, he spoke it, and now it's happening. But I didn't think, now I've got to hold that prophecy up and chase it. I just keep it down low and keep Jesus up. You know, I've got in me, um, God flipped my life, and some of you heard a bit about this, really flipped me when it came to ministry and church and everything over a period. But there was a two-week period or three short period about three years ago where I just came out of that period completely different in perception around some things, and I went into it, and I'm still different. 
And that's been growing in me for about three years. So part of me, oh, I want to get this out now. Um, and part of me now has to learn, Paul, be patient. Because the same conversation, I was talking to Colin about this on Friday, the same conversation can be had with a spirit of striving or a spirit of patience. You can talk about the same things with a different spirit. And I tell you, it comes across, doesn't it? Why am I illustrating? I'm saying there's things we give ourselves over to die. So I had to give over my timing of what I want to see God do back to God. And not allow me to, my spirit to lose its rest to lose its sense of just being at rest in God because I'm so eager to see what he wants done, what I believe he wants done to happen. And there's a tension there, and it's if I keep it on Jesus, it works. If I keep it on Jesus, it works. We're always given, being given over to death for Jesus' sake. Holy Spirit's going to lead you to the cross every day, sometimes very profoundly, sometimes just quite quietly, but he's always leading us to the cross by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. Adam and Eve, we can flick the next slide up. Thanks, guys. Adam and Eve, not Adam and Eve, Abraham and Sarah, by the Holy Spirit. How did they have the Isaac that was the promised son? By the Holy Spirit. Why did God let them get so old before they had the son? Well, one reason I think could be they got to the point that it was, there was no question that they could have children anymore. That was all finished. You know, they tried so many times, and it seems like most likely menopause had happened, and God wanted there to be absolutely no doubt that this son, Isaac, was born by the Holy Spirit. They did the physical stuff, but the Holy Spirit did the life-giving stuff. That's the pattern for how the Christian life works. We do do the physical stuff. We open Bibles, we read them, we allow our mind to hear the Word, but the Holy Spirit does the work. We pray prayers and we ask God for things. We do the physical things, but the Holy Spirit does the work. It's all by the Holy Spirit. I, I like that part about Adam and Eve. They got uh, Adam and Eve, Abraham and Sarah. They got old, and and as we get old, we actually realize that God's still doing new things in our hearts. Therefore, we can expect different things, more new fruitfulness. From our lives, we're not just repeating yesterdays over and over again. You know, I've been doing this for a long time, as you know, but I'm not expecting what I saw last season. God's doing new things in me, so I'm expecting new things, new expressions, new fruitfulness for His glory. So age is irrelevant. What's relevant is what God's doing in us so that it makes a difference to what comes out of us. Why? Because it's by the Holy Spirit. It's all by the Holy Spirit. There is not one scripture you're meant to obey. You're meant to obey a whole lot, I mean, but you're not meant to obey them without the Holy Spirit. It's part of that obedience, the power in that obedience. Back in, um, just about finished here, back in uh, the day, I had a motorbike, uh, 2000 and uh, no no 1978 I'm talking it was actually 1977 it was just before Christmas my motorbike was about a year old then Honda 404 if anyone rem remembers those it was a uh, yeah anyone remember Honda 404 when it came out yeah so so I'm what 19 at the time 
So uh, this, I was going home from work. I worked night shifts. It was 12 o'clock finish. I was going home from work. I came up the intersection near where I worked, and just as I went to open the bike up on the green light, it stalled. And probably the only time that bike had ever stalled, and, and a second or two after it stalled, stalled, a car cut the red light. And if I hadn't stalled, I would have been in the path of the car. I was not a believer then. I was a rebellion. You know, in my heart, I'd push God away. So I had no pretense in my mind of being a Christian. Uh, but it definitely made me think a little bit. That was in, here's the thought, though, that's related to that. Sometimes God stalls our physical life, our outward life, because he wants to do a work in our inner life, in our heart, in our faith, in our knowing Him. And sometimes we get stalled and we've had expectations on God and we've had dreams for God and we thought this for God and we thought that for God and we've been around church for a while and we've had prophecies about this, that and the other thing and and then we just feel stalled. Well, sometimes we're stalled just because we're slack but and didn't, you know, keep our relationship tuned up but sometimes we're stalled by God. Because he's wanting to do something within us. If in our spiritual life. So that what's coming out of us is by the Holy Spirit. And not by our diligence. I've found, realize that some of us can do an awful lot from our own diligence and discipline. And we really do want to do it for God. Our sincerity is not a question here. But our maturity really is. Um... And, and God's really patient. He is. I, I found the Holy Spirit to be the most patient of people, but also the most persistent. But like his message doesn't change until it changes me. And, and, and if I was him, I would be so ac- ac- you know, frustrated with me. But he never seems to come across to me anyway with that sort of frustration. It's like, no, I'm like, come on, boy, you can do it. Be patient. Oh, but God, that was three years ago message. What's the message today? It's still the message today. It hasn't gone away. Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. So if you feel a bit stalled today in your walk with God, and I think this is particularly for someone here, figure out before God, not you figure out, but just sit and say, God, what do you want to do in me? What are you wanting to do in my heart? Where am I not listening to you? The discipline you need is the discipline of listening to God. And if you need to make a little bit more time in your life or make a space or, or do something to create the opportunity to give your heart an opportunity to listen to God in a fresh way, Please do it. Eternal things are on, rest on these things. We can get so busy trying to make life work. We can just allow the spiritual things to shrink down to just a kernel. And the spiritual things is this relationship with the Holy Spirit that we've come to Christ and he's breathed and our spirits come alive. 
And now we learn to walk by the Holy Spirit. To live by the Holy Spirit. And in this verse it says, uh, the last verse says, since we live by the Spirit, we walk in step with the Spirit. That, that's in rank. That's like we're walking in, in order, marching together. We're not, there's, a, there's a total sense of together there. And can I suggest as I finish this portion, the word fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I don't know how many of you learned to do that. It's not, oh, Holy Spirit, I need this power to show up over there. Yeah, that happens at times. But it's actually, I need to learn how to walk with you as my best friend. I need to have this fellowship with the Holy Spirit, that we're like living life in rank and step by the Holy Spirit. And you'll start to discover, and many of you have, that he's the best friend you could have. He was there even before I, I, I wanted to know him, stalling a motorbike. Because he knew just coming up in a little while, he'd set up an intersection where, where the reality of God was going to sort of blast into me and bring me to a repentance and into his kingdom. And so, you know, he stalls the motorbike at a critical time that doesn't usually stall. Um, he does things that we didn't even know he was doing to get us to the place we're at. He's amazing. He's your teacher. He's your counselor. He's your confidant. He's your comforter. He's your coach. And sometimes he's just a friend. He's the presence of the Father with us. He's the, he's the testimony of Jesus in us. He's the one who testifies to our spirit that we're children of God. We know from the inside out. He's amazing. And it comes along with correction and rebuke and encouragement and all sorts of things. When he does them, they always seem to go well for me. You know, other people try and bring correction. You know, sometimes I know I've got to go and listen to it because, yeah, there's something in it, but it's always hard. But we, we learn how to cope with that. But when the Holy Spirit does it, it's never hard. Because he's just so full of life. By the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. Have you got a fellowship going on between you and the Holy Spirit that marks who you are as a follower of Jesus Christ. Man, I'm going to finish there. What I'm going to do is, uh, I was going to do that song, but we'll skip that. Uh, we'll just, I'm going to pray and uh, encourage you just to find these little groups, find three or four people, two or three people, and sit and have a sharing time with one another. Only share what you feel comfortable and free sharing, not wanting to compel anyone to, to say something they're not feeling comfortable, but just share something about how God's, you know, stirring you during this passage of Scripture. That would be good. But pray with each other by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father God, I ask in Jesus' name. Oh, we just ask for a fresh breath of Holy Spirit to come into every one of our innermost beings in Jesus' name. Hmm. Be strengthened in your innermost being by the Holy Spirit. Be strengthened in, in your confidence and the love of God by the Holy Spirit hmm. in Jesus' name. Be, just let the Holy Spirit be that breath who breathes life into you this morning. In, in your innermost being, into your heart, into your faith, in Jesus' name. Mm.
Father, we want to be people who are marked by our faith in Jesus and by our fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. We can trust you with everything else. You know us better than we know ourselves. Your way is better. That way is better. So bless us each, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.